0: Welcome to a Tennis.com podcast, sponsored by Prince X 3 Racket Technology, and by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis. For more, visit NextContenders.com.
1: Hey everybody, uh, Davis Cup podcast today here at the office. I'm Ed McGrogan here with Sarah Anke and Peter Bodo, uh, first podcast after the open, and as if Davis Cup didn't.
2: Second podcast after the Open. Second
3: podcast after the Open. <laughs> Easy to... Ed is still tired from the Open. This <laughs> <laughs> is a long one. Sarah, that's where we have Sarah here today, folks. She counts unbelievably well in addition to tennis. Um, as as if
1: Davis Cup needed any more of a struggle of getting viewer attention. It's right after the U.S. Open, which a lot of a lot of tennis fans probably may not realize so that's where we come in here and we're going to um talk about the world group semifinals um but first we're going to talk about the US they are playing they're not in the semifinal stage of the world group but they're fighting for their lives actually in the in the world group playoffs and if they lose this tie against Colombia they will be relegated into uh tennis's oblivion next year I guess and we'll see how Pete, I think is that I will have a couple words on that as to the the problems that, that can that can arise from that. But the US plays Colombia. it's at it's away, it's on red clay, it's eighty seven hundred feet in the air, it's in a bull ring, I also read. So there's a lot against the US. I mean they have the players. Um the lineups that came out today, Marty Fish is playing against Alejandro Faya. Faya is the player who almost beat Roger Federer in the first round of Wimbledon, and then also in singles, Sam Querrey plays Santiago Geraldo. 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 One of Geraldo will go with. Wasn't
3: he a revolutionary hero in? He was a talk show host.
1: Oh no, that's Hidalgo. That was a different that's, thing. Yes. Yeah. And then in the doubles, John Isner and Ryan Harrison make up a, sort of a shotgun wedding team, and they play. Um, I don't have the full names for the Colombian team, but it's not Faya and, and Geraldo. So it's
2: Farah and Salamanco. Thanks. Or Salamanca, I okay. believe. Okay. Farah was a an all American at USC I read. Um and I know very little about Salamanca.
1: Do you know the, the age at all? Is he like young guy or do you know? Uh, more he about? won
2: the doubles title, um the N C doubles title recently, um in like two thousand eight I wanna say. So can't be too too old. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, playing doubles makes sense then if he, if he won the NCAA title. But so. he's
3: going up against guys who have had, you know, good good results on a Grand Slam double stage even. So, you know, doubles, you know, I, uh, I, I would be very surprised to see Ryan Harrison playing in his tie. Frankly. I agree. Yeah, a lot of the doubles are definitely subject to change. At- I, I love <laughs> the line. Who was it? One of the coaches said that he nominated um, – I think it was the Serbian coach, perhaps. I know what you're going to say here. Uh, no, uh, the Czech Republic coach. They nominated um, Hajek and Minar, I guess, to play doubles, even though the coach said there's a 99% chance that Hajek wouldn't play. But they wanted to do it as an act, show an act of solidarity because yes, such a, a That was kind of
1: sweet. Yeah, in the in the wire story for that, we'll get to that tie. It's it's I I read that Zimenich said that he goes. I am nearly 100% sure they will play. Burdich and Stepanek in the doubles right. as opposed to the the Jan Hodzik, Ivo Minar combo. All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, we are. So uh, back to the U.S. tie. Like I said, there's a lot against the U.S. in terms of the environment and everything. Um, and, Pete, you were talking before about how much of an importance this tie is for a number of reasons. Also Pat McEnroe, no Brian. So why don't you give us a little of your thoughts on this tie from, I guess, whatever angle you're to start with. Well,
3: I'll tell, I tell you one thing about the environment. It's actually, I don't think it's nearly as bad for the U.S. I don't know what these people were thinking. Maybe there's no Maybe there's no low... Low country in, in Colombia, but to put the tie at uh, at an altitude of, what, 8,000 feet, whatever it is, that's yeah. definitely going to help the American players. I mean, you've got guys who can really deliver the big serve. you got Fish, Quarry, and Isner, uh, three big servers. That's really going to help them on that surface. I was, uh, you know, I'm really kind of shocked that they, they, even if they're playing on clay, that they couldn't find a clay court down near sea level. But um, So I think that's going to... Do you
2: think uh, that perhaps. they think it'll be a problem for the Americans just elevation-wise, like... Elevation sickness or anything?
3: Well, the only problem for them would be adjustment, you know, because they don't have a lot of time to adjust, especially right after the U.S. Open. So they've, but they've been there a few days. They'll adjust okay. But I think if you looked at the, I mean, if I were them, I would have it down at sea level on a heavily watered clay court. They monitor those things now, I guess. But, but still, you know, I mean, I think this is this was a, you know, I think we caught a really good break. It must be that that particular venue is a particularly good, uh, you know, is a good place for hosting a Davis Cup. Can't argue with bull rings. And you know, if they bring enough, yeah, bull rings and enough people, and you know, you. you overcome whatever you give up in terms of that um, altitude, but um, you know, th- you know, and this is not to be underestimated because this is really a more important match, say, than a quarterfinal, which is the first round, of course, in in World Group Group play. Because you lose this, and you're down there knocking around like like the metal ball in a pinball machine, and you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, the last time the United States played in the relegation round, we played India. That was in Patrick's. Uh, second tie as a captain, Patrick Macaro Second tie, but the time before that, his brother John, you know, had to go and play Boris Becker. You know, and you know, had, the U.S. had to play Germany in a relegation, and match, they were so. and, they, and were. they lost, and 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 we lost. So you know, you,
1: that no- was in, that was in nineteen eighty seven
3: Yeah. yep. Exactly the way the way this is set up, especially here again, you know, I think that people underestimate the beauty and importance of the home in a way. Alternating site rule in Davis Cup, some of these nations you get them on your home territory, piece of cake. You get them, You have to go to their place and play. It's a whole other story. So, you know, uh, there, there's just quite a bit at stake here. What's kind of interesting to me is that it's, it's it is Captain McEnroe's last tie. I'm sure he wants to go out with a win. But and he's and he's actually going in with a brand new team. It's almost like deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra said. You know, you have, you know, he took that team. He took Blake. Yeah, Roddick. the
1: Blake Roddick Brian's team is Ryan's, not one of them
3: is on this lineup. Not yet. one of them is in this lineup. But but if you look at this lineup, you have got the makings of another eight or ten year run, you know. I mean, granted, you know, the McEnroe era produced one Davis Cup title, but given the quality of the competition at the time, I think they did pretty well. Um I don't know, Sarah, what do you think? You think um Pat ought to change his mind?
2: Uh, no, I mean I, I he, he claims that he wanted to take more singles players um to the to this tie because he didn't He he thought maybe there would be trouble with elevation. Uh, So that's why he didn't take the Bryans with him. Are you saying change change his mind as far as what the the lineup is? See,
3: I'm not going to retire. I'm going to take these guys and turn them into a great unit because that's what – Oh, yeah. I I mean,
2: mean, sure. Like, you know, I mean, like this is a – you know, it's an exciting new team. I mean, Ryan Harrison obviously had a great open and, you know, I mean, he could be the future of American Davis Cup down the road whether he plays in this tie or not. Um and obviously the other three are top twenty five guys. Um so I mean it is the makings of a of a nice, you know, hope you know, it, possibly a nice. These guys looking a
1: little skeptical. No, no, no. Here. It, it, it's it, it definitely segues really nicely from the summer because all three of these guys had memorable moments of this year and I and uh, the thing that you wonder about if you're an American Davis Cup fan is does um does Marty Fish, Sam Corey, John Is these guys have the commitment to Davis Cup as their predecessors do. I mean, do they? They could certainly be in a tie like this, and you know, a couple more ties. But Roddick and Blake and Brian's one thing to be admired about them as much as they're playing is that um, they, they committed to, to Pat McEnroe's team for so long, uh, especially Roddick. I mean, he was he's a player who's always been, wanted a second slam, but he's never really passed up Davis Cup until this year. Do you think, Pete, that uh, these? This group will can will continue to stay as one unit for the for foreseeable future. Is that much too early to tell?
3: I have I have high hopes that that in fact will be the case. I mean the Bryan brothers were kind of a glue that held the team together. Not that he not that if it weren't for them, Andy and James would have been less committed. But I don't think, think the Bryan brothers
1: are off the team by any means. Going well, that's true. Yeah, they seem to. That Davis Cup, I think, is their number one priority for the most part.
3: And I think that will feed. But I think this will that will feed with. With, with these new guys, and there's going to be a little bit of the old, the Bryan brothers, who are the, who are the anchor doubles team, and, and they won a ton of matches for us. and the, So these new guys are stepping in, and none of them are really new. They've all been hitting partners. Some of them have played ties before. So it's, it's actually a pretty nice transition because you've got two of the old guard left in the Bryan brothers, help these guys in, bring him in, show them what the team spirit is about because they built extraordinary team spirit on that team. And, look, let's not forget Marty Fish. You know, got to hand it to the man. He's always been been there when, when the U.S. is called. You know, Fish has Fish sat the bench as, like, the number one when he was in the top 20 and, and Patrick decided to go with James instead of him. He knows what it's like. A lot of guys wouldn't sit on a bench, wouldn't give up a week of, you know, practice time or rest time to go and sit on a bench at a Davis Cup tie. But Marty Fish did it, as did Blake. Uh Andy never had to, but simply because he played so well. So, you know, I think I think the example's been set. I think Isner and Query are the kinds of guys who really will put Davis Cup high on the agenda. The only thing we potentially see changing that is if one or both of them become top ten, top five type players who are contending at Grand Slams and their priorities change a little bit. I mean, I, that's that's what I see. I don't know, Sarah, what do you, do you think? Yeah, I mean,
2: I, and you can't underestimate or, you know, you can't. Patrick McInerney obviously put a lot into making it a very team atmosphere as well, uh, along with having Roddick and the Bryan brothers to really follow his lead. So you know you have to see what kind of what kind of coach steps in, and and hopefully a coach will will continue that atmosphere of really making it a, a team sport for that you know those four weeks a year.
1: Exactly. Yeah, the the next coach is a big part of that too. What do you think it is? It seems like it's Courier. I know you talked to Todd Martin before. He wanted. I know he's expressed interest, uh, but it seems like most people are tabbing Courier to take the spot. Yeah, Yeah, we'll
2: see. I think
3: it looks like he's sort of the front runner. Courier. Well, you've got Todd Martin in the mix, and don't forget Brad Gilbert, who would would love the job. Uh, and let's not forget Brad Gilbert being an ESPN commentator, you know he gets a job as Davis Cup captain. The USCA knows that Davis Cup is going to be taken care of when it comes to promoting and banging the drum for the event, you know on a big media platform. And I you know i'm I'm not sure that doesn't you know count for a fair amount in a situation like this. There's another guy I'll throw into the mixer. If there were a real dark horse, Jay Berger, Patrick McEnroe's assistant in USA player development, I think has has the makings to be a, a good solid Davis Cup coach. I don't really see his turn coming up this time, and uh, we'll just have to see if Jim can bring the kind of um, dedication and stuff to the job that uh, the Pat brought off.
0: Expected to exactly. American Express presents next contenders. Your chance to get up close and personal with four of today's game changers in tennis: John Isner, Sam Querrey, Melanie Udin, and Caroline Wozniacki. Visit NextContenders.com to follow the excitement during the 2010 U.S. Open and discover the person behind the player. It's tennis trivia time. Here's a chance to test your tennis knowledge with a Tennis.com podcast trivia question brought to you by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. Are you ready? The question is... Valencia, Spain, is the hometown of this Prince player who reached his best ever placing in the U.S. Open in 2007. If you think you know the answer to our trivia question, visit the official Prince Tennis Facebook page at facebook.com/official.Prince.Tennis. Once again, that's facebook.com/slash. Official.prince.tennis. Okay, but so now for the today, big time. And be sure to leave it your is answer to Two, on two the semifinals.
1: France hosts Argentina. Serbia hosts Czech Republic. Both of these ties are on indoor hard courts. Both of them, I think, are very um, good. I think you should expect good, good atmosphere, good crowds from this. France has traditionally supported Davis Cup quite well. Serbia, with the recent. Upser upturn of their players. They have a very strong lineup overall. Let's um let's start with I guess the Serbia match. Serbia and Czech Republic. It starts off with Djokovic playing Stepanek, Redek Stepanek, Yanko Sarovic Then plays Thomas Burdich. and the doubles is Zimonjic and Trojki against Hajic and Minar, if, if you believe that they're going to play that, um, so more power <laughs> to <team>. you. <laughs> yeah, it's a it, it's a very impressive. Serbian side and I think one thing I was looking at is that the fact that this was not played on clay which you sometimes see over in Serbia over there it's a very, I think it's a big help to, to remain on a hard court specifically for Djokovic who's coming off his US Open and should be very extremely comfortable on the surface so any thoughts on how that time might
3: shake out one match one particular thing that jumps off at you? Well, as long as Djokovic is on that team, that's gonna be held on hard court. So we're looking at a lot of ties in Serbia being held on hard court in the near future. Uh I, I don't know, I think I think Djokovic is gonna step up here. Everyone's gonna you know, he's he's gonna be tired, no question about it. He's gonna to have to deal with a little bit of an emotional letdown after that run he had in the US open. But look, it's Davis Cup. He knows how much this means to Serbia. It's really kind of a special occasion. Neither of these Neither of these nations were nations when they last met. You know, it, it was Yugoslavia and uh, Czechoslovakia going way back. So this is, you know, it, it's kind of a real nice emblematic Davis Cup kind of a match.
2: You had any let emotional letdown that Djokovic had right after the Open? Probably got turned around to you know when he had his hero's welcome back at home. So they'll they'll be expecting and He's hoping. Gonna- going to be have gotten
3: a lot weekend. of sleep I hope before that time. Another interesting thing there by the way I think is that you have um I think the Serbs um really have a, a tough go with Stepanic and Burdick in that lineup. I mean those two guys have been you know Stepanic is coming off injury that really I think works for Serbia and I think Djokovic is very lucky to have him instead open of a tie against him. Right. Instead of having to go up against Burdick because um Burdick is plenty rested. He lost in the first round of the Open. That's for sure well exactly and Stepnick hasn't had that much match play uh, you know he's, he's only recently come back he's recently married recently came back to the tour so that's a very winnable match for, jo- for Djokovic and their doubles team you know Zimonjic is one of the best doubles players on a planet yeah that, so.
1: that strikes me as a, as a big uh, that looking at those three matches to start I think I would expect coming into Sunday Serbia would have I think a two to one edge If I just to kind of handicap it um Burdick, and then it could – and uh, the classic match could be Burdich-Djokovic at some point if, if it's if it's the fourth rubber or if
3: it's still meaningful at, at that stage of the event. But uh, no, It's going like, to have to be the it's have to yeah. be fourth match because the number ones always play the fourth match. So, right. Sarah, what do you think about the tipsarovic Burdic matchup? I mean, that's kind of compelling when you look at recent history, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, Tipsarovic had a great open, uh, defeating Andy Roddick on Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, so he's playing really well. He'll be playing at home, and Berdych obviously had a horrible open, like, like Ed said. So I think that's a that could be a really good matchup. It's always more you know more fun watching these players anyone, play with the crowds.
1: Yeah, anyone pick against
3: the home side there, or is it? No, I'm going with Serbia.
2: Yeah, I am as well.
3: no Nov, Novak's got to get something out of this summer. I'm sorry, folks. I, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Please, a poor guy deserves something after that great U.S. Open performance. So uh, I'm. You know, I'm not supposed to root for anybody or pull for anybody, I suppose, but uh, it'd be nice to see him get a little reward.
1: Yeah, he'll get his chance for here for sure. The other semifinal, France-Argentina, also indoor hardcore. The lineups are Lodra starts against Juan Monaco, then Gael Monfils takes on Nelbandian, and then the doubles is... Loder and Clement versus right now it's Eduardo Schwenk and, um, is it Horatio Zabalos? <laughs> yes. And Loder and Clement, I have to say about them, the French players you will hear, you've heard for the past five or six years about Monfils, about Gasquet, about Sanga, guys like that. Sanga is, I believe, still out with an injury for this tie. But um, but Loder and Clement, not just in da- they've played great in Davis Cup. They've really put up, some sporadic nice results on tour. Uh, Clement actually, I think, got to the third round of the open here. And it's these, I think, sort of unsung elder veterans here that, um, I think, give France the edge in this tie for sure. But it's always, I've seen them, I saw them actually beat the Bryan brothers in North Carolina a couple of years ago. They're one of the only doubles teams to do so. But these guys always seem to play well, especially with this on the line. And Lodger's a, He's had a nice year, and now he's figuring two ties here. So I do like France's chances here as well, even though Argentina has some very powerful players.
2: Yeah, I think Lodre and Clement were were certainly rewarded for their for their quality play. Um, Richard Gasquet had a good open, but he wasn't he wasn't chosen. These two were chosen over him. I think the most interesting matchup is uh, Monfils, now Bandian. Um, Monfils leads the head-to-head, two-to-one. Uh, but you just, when it's being played in, in France, French, the French players have never been known for playing well at home necessarily. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, they, you know what's interesting
3: to me is ahead. that uh, the, the Davis Cup format really comes into play big time here because, look, does anybody think Monaco, with all due respect, is in the same league as Nalbandian as a Davis Cup player, or as even a, even as an ATP player. You just look at the numbers on career high singles ranking, titles won, and all that other. The answer is clearly no, but because now is out with injury, injury, and the ITF, the rules of Davis Cup explicitly say that the higher ranked player is automatically the number one. Monaco happens to be higher ranked at the moment, so that sets up this Monfis nalbandian clash. When really, when really, you know, the you know. In reality, it ought to be Lodra going up against Albandian. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a tricky proposition. The other thing is, let me ask you this, guys. You know, you have, okay, let's say we're 2-2 in, in in matches and everybody who's scheduled to play plays. How do you see the Lodra versus an Albandian with everything on the line, with Lodra having played two matches already? It's a tough assignment, isn't it? It is. Now, had has had some good
1: Davis Cup, pres- he didn't, in the final, when they got to a couple of years ago, they came short. But now Banyan has been a good cup player. And it would be a lot on Lodger. I mean, at that point, once it gets to the fifth tie or rubber, especially if, if there was a lead already lost, the pressure only only mounts, I think, on the home team to, to pull through in that one. I think the, the away side likes to galvanize and, uh, you know, kind of just embrace sort of that challenge. So that's where I think it can get tricky. And I think that's why France, if they they would be best served to, of course, put this away as early as possible. But, you know, of course, they're going to want to win every match. But,
3: uh, but Lodre will, will have got, if it goes down to a fifth and decisive match, Lodre will be playing the biggest match of his life. At, you know, if you give Davis Cup the kind of heft that, that most people do, and that the French will give it at this tie yeah. with a chance to win, it, win the title.
1: Yeah, they I think give it that top billing. What are the picks for this one? Anyone want to say France or Argentina, one way or the other?
3: I'm going for the upset in this one. I'm going with Argentina. I'm not sure Monfils will be able to step up under all that pressure. Monfils has not impressed me lately in all, in all events, actually. I think if I think now Bandian, whatever happens in that first match, and you got to expect that Lodra, given the home field advantage, etc., you got to expect Lodra is going to win that with that fast surface. they will probably play a lot of serve and volley. If now Bandian beats Monfils, all the air goes out of the French balloon, and I think you're really, really pretty well set up, despite the French having that very good doubles team. And then even if, I think the job for the Argentines is to get a match is to send it into the fourth day, you know that's going to be that's going to be the big thing. And if they can get to a fifth tie, you got to like now Bandy going up against LoDra in that one. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And Pete will be uh, writing writing
3: some pieces throughout the weekend for for Davis Cup. So Our Davis check- Cup coverage will start tomorrow at Tennis World at Tennis.com, mm-hmm. at
1: yeah, Tennis it'll World. We'll start promptly in the morning. I'm sure. There's um, oh, yeah. all all these ties are uh, the France Argentina and the U S Columbia ties are. Are being broadcast on tennis channel throughout the weekend so and if you want to comment on them head to pete's blog he'll have some updates throughout the weekend so until then we'll talk next week about the results here for peter Bodo, sarah anki ed mcgrogan thanks for listening
0: you've been listening to the tennis.com podcast sponsored by american express american express presents next contenders Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 U.S. Open. For more, visit NextContenders.com and also by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. For more news and information, head over to Tennis.com. Thanks for listening.